Fundraising everywhere. 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 You need to add me in there. Welcome back to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast. Now, over the next few episodes, we're taking a look at some of our favourite legacy fundraising on-demand sessions in celebration of our Legacy Fundraising virtual conference coming up on the 15th of February. If you'd like to join us at the conference, you can use the promo code FEPODCAST to get 50% off your ticket. Yep, just head to our website and pop in FEPODCAST at checkout to get 50% off our Legacy Fundraising virtual conference in February. Enjoy today's session. Hi everyone, my name's Anish and I'm here to talk to you about my journey within Legacies, um, starting from being an intern in an events team for Legacies, uh, up to the point where I am now as head of Legacies at the British Red Cross. Um, So hopefully my story can give you a bit of a view on how your journey through charity fundraising and Legacy fundraising can take some different twists and turns. Uh, But to start, my start in charity fundraising, in legacy fundraising, legacies general, um, I would say is pretty unique. Um, that's because I didn't actually train in anything to do with legacies or fundraising or marketing at all. Um, actually, I'm a trained contemporary dancer. I did an, a, a degree at um, London Contemporary Dance School, which is based in London. And following that, I had a career in dance, in performance, uh, in puppetry uh, for about six years doing that professionally, obviously on and off with contracts, um, having work and then also having to supplement that by working on arts administration in different areas and teaching and choreographing. Some of you know this sort of story. Um, So I didn't come into charity knowing that that's exactly what I wanted to do but following my career of performing and teaching and choreographing I got to that point where I decided I needed a little bit something different in my life Uh, partly financially I needed a bit of stability um, but also I knew there was more that I wanted to give Um, so I tried a different couple of routes Um, I tried being a banker for a bit um, That really didn't work for me, but having had that experience, that drew me to the idea of actually what I want to do is work for an organization that makes money for good. So that's how I ended up uh, looking at the charity route. And now, obviously, I'd had experience of doing arts administration, so working on a box office or being a receptionist, but actually, I didn't have any skills that were really like formulized in my career. I could say, oh, I've done a bit of this and I've done a bit of this. But when I was looking at job descriptions for, you know, those entry level roles at charities, I found that I didn't have that confidence to say, yeah, I could do that. Or I have experience which is similar to that. I didn't really have the language. I couldn't really communicate the skills that I did have. 
Um, mainly because the most part of my communication was through what I did with my body at that point. So I knew that I needed a sort of helping step to get to that place where I could realize my potential and understand and formalize those skills that I'd built through being an arts administrator, but also as a freelance artist as well. So I was lucky enough that my auntie was a volunteer at Cancer Research UK shop near her, and she told me about the internship program that they run. Now, it's an internship program, which has changed a little bit since I did it. Uh, I did it seven years ago. Um, but basically what it gives is a chance for people who are interested in working in the charity sector to basically try it out. Um, a lot of graduates took part. Um, I was one of the more mature interns, but even that didn't start uh, all perfect. I applied for an internship in one of the events teams, and actually I was unsuccessful in that interview. Um, and that was partly because I hadn't really had the interview experience either. Uh, but I was lucky enough that they kept a pool of people who were unsuccessful um, and kind of put them through a clearing process. And that's where the legacy events team at Cancer Research UK picked up my application. And someone mentioned to them, hey, look, they weren't right for our role. He might be right for your role. So the legacy events team got in contact and said, hey, would you like to apply for our internship? To be honest, I didn't see the legacy part. I just saw events and that was the area that I thought, okay, that translates quite well from being a performer into events. So I thought, okay, let's give this a go. So I did the interview with the legacy events team, really great bunch of people and um, I was successful. So I was like, fantastic. Uh, so one day in September in, I think it was 2015, I uh, downed a puppet because that was the show that was on on the Saturday, travelled home on Sunday. And then on Monday, I started as an intern at Cancer Research UK, which was amazing. Um, and the great thing about doing the internship is that you're very much learning whilst doing the work. But also I had a cohort of people who I could learn from as well at the same time. And they were all working at different functions within the organization. So we would come together and share our experiences of the internship, but also then building our skills within our elected areas. And mine was legacy events. And actually I had a really great job. I was managing the guest list for three of their massive Christmas events called the Evening of Christmas Music. And I was working within a really nurturing, supportive team of event managers and planners. So the internship lasted three months. Um, towards the end of the three months, there was a role within the legacy marketing team that came up. Uh, I applied for that. But again, I didn't get that role because I couldn't really talk about the formalized skills that I'd had. But also, you know, I understand that marketing is a discipline in itself. Um, and at the time, they needed someone with more experience. And I'm aware that there's a lot of people out there that study marketing at their degree. So um, I was unsuccessful with that role. However, a role within the legacy events team came up, which was a systems and support executive. So I held that role for around a year. And that was very much data entry. That was um, creating spreadsheets, a lot of the back end stuff from the events point of view. 
supporting others in logistics, booking travel, booking accommodation, but also giving me the opportunity to flex my muscles using programs like Excel, um, using databases, so their, their CRM, their customer relationship management tool, and really having the opportunity in the space to do a job but learn at the same time and whilst being continually nurtured by a fantastic manager and a management team. So following a successful sort of run at that systems and support exec, I then was invited to become an event exec, which meant that I was, instead of being on the back end, was more on the front end of the events. So actually working with others to organize these events um, and actually get to travel across the UK, which was one of the best things of that job. I got to see lots of different parts of the UK and also work with some really fantastic fundraisers as well. So I would work with our community legacy managers at the time, um, going to their patches, doing uh, site visits to check that venues were suitable for our audience. Um, and then also then creating the event by liaising with people from around the organization who would help us to put on a really great event. So that would be people from our research communications team. That would be some of the actual researchers that Cancer Research UK uh, fund because we wanted to bring the real life of what the organization does to our audiences. Also working with the regional fundraising managers and many other teams across Cancer Research UK. So those event jobs gave me a really good scope of the organization and what we do and then how to effectively communicate that out to our audience. And then obviously, because working in within legacies, there's a very specific way of talking. Your audience needs are slightly different from, say, the mass audience. And I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed having the opportunity to learn more about our legacy audience. So our prospects and pledges and people who might be interested in legacies and really building up a vocabulary of how I can talk about the importance of legacies to them um, and helping others to inspire more supporters to journey, join us on that legacy journey. Um, so I did the events roles, so being an event exec to a senior event exec um, up to an event manager. So I'd spent a couple of years within that team really formalizing uh, my approach to events, um, and I was really proud of some of the some of the events I put on, um, ranging from small lab tours uh, right up to Christmas concerts with an attendance of over five hundred people. Um, following on from that, I applied for one of those uh, regional legacy roles, um, but unfortunately, I wasn't successful in that. So, um, <clears throat> although that was you know unfortunate. Um, it didn't deter me. I knew that I had the skills to do something else within Legacies, um, but I also was very happy with my job at the time as well. Um, and I think I bring that up just to say that, you know, have the confidence to apply for different Legacy roles, see how you can stretch your skills um, in different areas, um, but don't be put off if it doesn't work out straight away. And um, there's always something to learn. Anyway, so I was unsuccessful in getting the regional role, um, but then shortly after, a, a different type of regional role came up in what was called the Professional Partnerships Team at Cancer Research UK. And that team was there to engage and relationship 
manage the solicitor relationships that Cancer Research UK have for their free will service. So although it wasn't supporter in a legator or a legacy prospect, um, what it did do is give you access to the professional world and sort of the other side of legacies and linking me more up with the legacy administration team. And that was fantastic because it gave me a real insight into the actual case management, case work, and also the audiences that the legacy administration team speak to. So that being the solicitors, the professional will writers, but also how they have to deal with the lay executors of um, the deceased's estates as well. So a, a real insight into a new audience or new audiences that um, we get to talk to in legacies. And I really enjoyed that role as well, because, again, it gave me the opportunity to travel a lot, um, to meet people, to build relationships, to manage uh, our partnership with them and really help Cancer Research UK uh, build their legacy pipeline of supporters, but also build our network of solicitors that can help our supporters to write their will. So I did that role, um, which was called the Legacy Partnership Manager, for about nine months. Um, and then uh, in January 2020, 2020 yep, I, uh, I was lucky enough to be offered the role of Legacy Product Development Manager at the British Heart Foundation. Um, this was a maternity cover role. Um, and actually, to be honest, when I initially saw the role, I looked at it. The scope of the role was quite different from the skills that I had. Um, but I did have the confidence that I understood where they wanted product development to go. And I could see similarities between the British Heart Foundation's approach and Cancer Research UK. And as organisations, they're, they're similar in, in their causal area and the sort of stories that they need to communicate to generate legacies. Um, so I put my hat in the ring, as it were. I applied um, without you know, putting too much pressure on myself to actually needing to get the role. Um, and I was lucky enough, again, to interview um, and the, the management team at BHF saw something in me that they thought they, they could work with um, and they had confidence that I could drive forward legacy product development um, at the British Heart Foundation. So 2022, uh, January at the end, I uh, started my role there, getting to know the team, getting to know how legacies are done at the British Heart Foundation, um, seeing how the legacy marketing and product development sits alongside their legacy management team and basically trying to work those relationships out and understand and connect up with how Cancer Research UK did legacies and BHF so I could build my understanding of where my place is and who I need to engage with to ensure that I can develop products and experiences for the customers at the British Heart Foundation. Um, obviously, 2020, things changed quite dramatically uh, for how we could fundraise. And especially in legacies, there was obviously a lot more interest in legacies uh, because what was going on in the world, because of the pandemic. Um, and there was also a bit of reluctance for us to be able to talk about um, legacy giving during that time. However, I would say, the British Heart Foundation were very brave, um, like many other charities, to continue talking about the importance of having a will, especially at a time when death was very much front of mind. And although I wasn't able to push forward the sort of product development ideas that we had in the pipeline at the BHF, 
uh, one thing that I was able to bring to market for them was their telephone will writing service, which was a service that I thought was probably really important at that time where telephone was becoming more popular, as was virtual conferencing and, and virtual events like this. So we did pivot into having a telephone wheel writing service and we did trial some virtual events as well. Um, within about a couple of months of me starting, also there was different team changes due to furlough and people stepping into other roles. So I also took on the role of um, the sort of stewardship management as well. So managing the stewardship and journeys for our legacy pledges at the BHF. Um, and that was mainly in helping our exec and coaching them into creating communications for our pledge community to keep them informed about the work of the BHF and what their gift could achieve. Uh, and then about a year later, uh, I took that role in earnest. So I was full-time stewardship manager for our legacy customers, as we called them at the British Heart Foundation. And that meant that um, I had to work with uh, the exec team. I had to work with the marketing side um, and I was building relationships also with external creative agencies as well, um, because the model that we worked with was that they would create the communications and we would feedback and, and really collaborate with them. Um, and collaboration is actually quite a big key in, in all of this story today is about how you, I had to engage and work with other people and get to know who does what um, so that I can have conversation with them or link up my team to the right people so that we could get work done. But also gaining a better understanding of the organisational priorities and where our work fits into that. And also, you know, telling a real story about, OK, is my work a priority right now? Do I need to push to get this done? Or is it that there's a bit of a waiting game because there's resource or systems or process issues further down the line? So having been in that role where I was supporting the exec gave me a bit more headspace and the ability to see the bigger picture, which I really benefited from. Also to say, when I was at the British Heart Foundation, I'd stepped up into that manager role. And actually, I was really lucky to be part of a really strong legacy leadership team. I had some really great peers and we really challenged each other in our leadership styles especially during the COVID time when being uh, able to communicate with our teams, some who were working, some obviously working from home, but some that were on furlough as well. And also we were going through some quite big organisational changes at the time as well. So I was really lucky to benefit from some really strong leadership and peers within that space that we had the chance to learn from. Um, part of that learning was doing reading. So um, we used to have a leadership book club where we used to uh, recommend books on different elements of leadership that we would read, we would review with each other, and we would put some actions in place in how we would actually use tangible elements from that leadership learning and actually put them into how we support our team. So I had a fantastic time at the BHF. Um, and just as I was leaving, I was actually getting involved in many more projects that were more organisational wide, which was really, really exciting because it meant that I got to work even more collaboratively with people across the BHF 
And again, picking up more information on how different teams work, what their processes are, and how I can best use them to support the legacy work that we were doing. So we get to January 2023, which is where we are now. Um, and I'm now head of legacies at the British Red Cross. Um, it is quite a big step for me, and I'm really uh, appreciative of the opportunity to lead what is a really fantastic team at the British Red Cross. Um, it includes a legacy marketing and development team who look after our communications for our audiences, um, also leading a really talented and uh, really talented and well uh, well versed group of community legacy managers who represent legacies for the red cross across the uk and also the legacy administration team has come into that team as well and so because i've had that experience or parts of experience to learn from different parts of legacies throughout my journey i was able to communicate effectively how I understood each area of legacies, what the needs are for each area, and how I think I can develop and lead those teams to be the best and most effective people that they can be in order to generate more legacy income for the British Red Cross. Um, so I think, you know, through the experiences that I've had, what I've tried to do is really look down and put down on paper um, what I have learned in each role and applying for jobs is a really good way of doing that updating your CV writing each role that you have down and just picking out three or five of the main things that you did within that role that you're proud of and that you think you can then communicate when you apply for another role so it wasn't that I'd done everything that a head of legacy should do but I had enough knowledge and confidence in my knowledge that I'd be able to take that on to this role. So I'm really, really happy to be at the Red Cross. I'm really happy to continue my work in legacies. I really think it's a fantastic area to work in. Um, and I look forward to continuing the work and growing my networks as well, which is a really important thing to do. Growing your networks, learning from others, sharing um, because ultimately, if we can grow the legacy message to all audiences um, as charities, we will all benefit. So I hope my story, um, which was a bit wiggly, um, has helped outline one way of how it can be. Um, but I wish you all the best with your journey in legacies. And if you'd like to contact me um, afterwards, please do find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to have a chat. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not share it with a fundraising friend? And if you would like to give us a little like or subscribe, it really helps more fundraisers like you find us. Thank you so much. See you next time.